Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name's Casey. And my name is Matt. I don't know if we'd ever have have had a truer episode to our mantra, which is two guys drinking a beer talking Disney than today's yeah. episode. Yeah, we originally the plan for today's episode was we were going to um, have a top 10 Disney resorts episode. And I texted you, Matt, a couple of days ago. And and said, you know, I'm just I'm just not feeling this. I think we need to have a a Disney rant episode. And then that morphed into yesterday. Um, unfortunately, the, the news about the Disney stores, which we're going to get to in a minute, and and 57 stores across the country and and in North America, really, um, basically leaving about 20 stores left across the country all the stores closing in canada almost every store closing in europe except for in the united kingdom except for the the, the main one it, it, it we I, I texted you and i said you know what instead of this just being a disney rant i think we need to have we need to broaden this out to kind of bob chapek's been on the job for 18 months now a lot of changes have come to the walt disney company in the last 18 months some good but most bad I think, in my opinion, and it'd be, I think it's time to have a conversation about that. So I apologize up front listeners. This may not be as happy go lucky of an episode, but it's capturing, I think the moment of where we're at right now. Would you agree with that, Matt? Any yeah. Thoughts? And I think you're going to get, you know, uh, we're, we try to be as level headed as possible with this stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely, you know, Disney fans have very high emotional reactions and I try to take my emotional reaction out of it because, sometimes what I think is special or what I think is so important to my Disney story isn't to others or just doesn't fit what is happening right now in our time period. Uh, It's there's, there's a lot of it. So you're going to hear some positives, but I I do think that overall since JPEG has taken over, most Disney fans are pretty upset. Yeah. I want to, before we even get into some of the stuff that he's done, I think it's helpful. I was looking up a little bit about Chapek's history with the Walt Disney Company, and I think it's helpful. It creates kind of a, a lens that we can view kind of his operating structure from a little bit. So he began his career in 1993 with the Walt Disney Company, and he actually started um, as the marketing director with Buena Vista Home Entertainment. Buena Vista, of course, was one of the distributors of, of Walt Disney properties way back when, right? Basically, his focus was those wonderful VHS tapes that we all grew up with. He, he showed a great uh, working prowess. Uh, then CEO Michael Eisner described him as saying he was always an executive that you would know would be on the rise. He knew how to grow the business while adjusting to the changing marketplace, which was intense. And again, if you think about the, the early 1990s, this was as the Renaissance era was reinvigorating the Walt Disney Company out of the, the dumps of the 1980s, right? Um, really... He also, you know, what it says here is that he was credited for bringing Disney's home entertainment into the digital age, focusing on DVDs and, of course, later Blu-ray. Well, and Um, if I'm not mistaken, he was also the brains behind the whole Disney vault thing. Yeah. uh, Is kind of what I've heard. Maybe because, I mean, he started in 1993. That, yeah, it might have been because if you think about it, late 80s. The, the Disney vault really wasn't a vault. It was, they were, they were doing the re-releases in theaters, VHS. Yeah, I could actually see that. That, that yeah, makes that's, sense. That's what I've heard is that he's the brains behind the coming out of the Disney vault. Yeah, Kids, I think you you're have right. no idea what we're talking about, but look up the commercials <laughs> of the Disney vault. Yeah, that's, that's, that's absolutely crazy. Well, in 2006, he got promoted to president of Buena Vista Home Entertainment. Uh, and then 2009, he became president of distribution for Walt Disney Studios. So what's really funny here is like his first... Um, you know, 16 years he spent in home entertainment, which I have found that very helpful in coloring kind of where his mind is at now and how we've seen this coalescing around streaming and around the entertainment parts of the Walt Disney Company, which I think we're going to get to because I think COVID's played a big part of that as well. But then 
in 2011, he gets appointed to president of Disney Consumer Products. And then right around that time, 2012, uh, or sorry, 2014, um, Disney acquires Lucasfilm. And, and it's said that he had a big part in making sure that the merchandise, uh, how the merchandising for Star Wars, and that they basically became the, the largest licensor of all that intellectual property. Um, he also signed a deal in 2013 with Hasbro where they paid Disney $80 million in royalties to extend the license for Marvel toys. Um, and then according to it says here, an agreement for Hasbro to pay Disney up to $225 million for the rights to forthcoming Star Wars merchandise. So think about that from a, from a, just a, a, a money perspective. You know, Iger was known for going out and buying all this intellectual property Chapik was kind of the guy who was like, all right, we're going to secure the rights to get this merchandising the way we want to merchandise it. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I don't think that the resume is one that is undeserving of the position that he's in, Mm -hmm. but I do think that, you know, I, I think when people think Disney CEO, clearly, I mean, you have Walt Disney and then the two main ones that people like most people know are Eisner and Iger. Yep. And they kind of had this aura about them that was like this fun, this whimsical, this magical, like that they got the true essence of it. Chapek feels kind of just plain and well, very and, businessy. Well, I, again, I think that has to do with life. where he was at. I think that has a lot to do with the fact that he kind of came up through the, the entertainment division aspect. He got promoted to chairman of Walt Disney parks and resorts in 2015, he took over for Tom Staggs and under his watch, a number of things in that position of Walt Disney parks and resorts, he oversaw like the opening of Pandora, like the opening of star Wars galaxy's edge. But, but he also had a lot of criticism because a lot of those projects that he was chairman for were not things that he started they were things that Tom Stagg started and he just kind of was there at the end. The ones that he started were according to this much less ambitious, like Pixar pier toy story land and um, some of the changes to Epcot, which had been kind of noted as being kind of safe plays. So to your point, Matt, like he, I, I think when you think about the people who have been very, um, promising in this position they have that aura of mystique of magic of of walt disney of walt of of kind of playing to the crowd and and he's not that yeah and so i think this is kind of now where we can transition into some of the big decisions that he have made and i i i I feel like we have to apologize that we're becoming a broken record on this but for us disney store is so near and dear to our hearts. And I mean, clearly, you know that we're Disney cast members, but also for me, especially like I've probably told this on the podcast before, but I, you know, I was at the opening of the Flint, Michigan Disney store. I was in that store all the time shopping and watching the movie and looking at the products and seeing my favorite characters like Disney store was a huge, huge part of my childhood. And so seeing it dissolve which is, is literally what it which was is literally what's happening. Like, I mean, it's it, okay. You know, you said at the top of the show, there's 20 stores left. And I mean, that's it. it if there's no more closures, there's definitely never, there's never going to be an opening of another brick and mortar Disney store, at least in my opinion, not, and I not think in that's this a pretty, incarnation. Yeah. I yeah, think, and that, I think that's, that's a pretty safe opinion to be honest with you. Well, okay. So I, th- we've talked about the Disney store. Obviously we're both Disney store cast members. We have Disney Core cast member friends. We've got four stores closed. The four stores remaining in Illinois are going as of September 15th. So literally by the time this episode airs, there's 15 days left, if that, of their existence. One I was, at, um, I was Michigan at Michigan Ave. Avenue today, actually. Uh, about, let's see, uh, five hours ago, I was standing in the Michigan Avenue Disney store. And and it's it's going to cease to exist in like a week from now. Yeah. Uh, by the time days. this episode airs, it either a might already be closed or is two days from closing. The Disney store, you know, 34 years in existence kind of was this concept of bringing the parks, you know, this was the late eighties. So again, Disney was struggling, but bringing 
of an extension of the parks into the rest of the country. You know, it, it went through its ups and downs. It wasn't always owned by the Walt Disney Company. At one point, they they sold to the Children's Place, right? And then, the, and then, and then Disney bought them back, um, probably ten or so years ago. And and I remember when I took the job in 2014. You know, I read up on it a little bit. Like, okay, what is this? Is this is this parks? What you know, is this owned by Disney? Is this something else? And I remember reading. And and if you talk to any cast member, they will tell you this. But I remember reading that for some guests, the Disney store is, is their Disney world. They, they will never be able to afford going to Disney world or Disneyland. This was the chance for other guests. This was what they went to in between when they needed just a little bit of magic. You said that last year when we did the Disney store on the spot, Yeah, they won't have that. And I'm sorry, shop Disney, no matter how, whimsical and glitter and fairy dust sounds you give it. And there's a thing on there right now where you put a key into the thing and try to get some magic, no matter how much (laughs) of that you do, it's never going to be what, (laughs) what we did, Matt, what it's it's not the same. No, it it really isn't. But this is one decision that while I, I so feel for it, but my logical brain says, this makes sense. Let's let's take the pandemic out of it. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's yeah. say there's no pandemic. It's not like malls were on the up and up. It's not like brick and mortar stores were really rocking it and doing solid. Now, I think that Disney as a brand was starting to grow and they were starting to reimagine some things that could have propelled it. But I'm I was just not seeing the from a business side of it, not seeing the propelling forward. And then the pandemic just really just any growth that they were having just suffocated it to a point that I think it got to, it got to a point where it was just like, this is just, we're hemorrhaging money on all of this. We can't well, keep I this don't, around. I don't know if they were hemorrhaging money though, Matt. I, I've been in retail a, a long enough time to know that, First of all, the profit that they were making in those stores, they were not hemorrhaging money. They were making money. They were turning a profit. The problem is, is Disney is under such strict scrutiny with its shareholders. The shareholders of the Walt Disney Company expect a return, unlike probably any other company out there, other than probably Apple. I would say they expect a return on their investment, like unlike any other company out there. I agree with you that the pandemic was not the cause of this, but it absolutely um, was the catalyst to bring it to where it's at. The Disney store, as we knew it was, was, was a dying concept because malls are a dying concept. Brick and mortar retail is a slowly dying concept. You can't have an amazon.com, which literally is the most expensive company in the world, or not most expensive, but the most you know h- highest valued company in the world. And Jeff Bezos, who is literally the most valued individual in the world, you can't say that that hasn't had a profound effect on brick and mortar retail across the board. You and I saw this. We we saw writing on the wall years ago when we were there. I mean, I started at the store with you in 2017, and the number of people who would go online to shop Disney, they'd buy you know, five of those lounge fly backpacks. Oh, it wasn't lounge fly. It was Dooney and Burke. I'm sorry, Dooney and Burke. Thank you. Yeah. They'd buy five of those special Dooney and Burke purses, get them shipped to their home. Now, mind you, these things are 200 bucks a piece. Get them shipped to their home. Pick the one that they like the the, the uh, pattern of the most, and then return the other four to a store. Now, the store has to eat the return, but never got credit. Um, n- n- never got credit for the 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 um the the repurchase of those things because we had to sell them at a discount in order to even sell the darn things. And they'd sit for for months and collect dust. And finally, we'd say to give them twenty percent off just to get rid of it. Well, and even because if it you take didn't up sell space. it at a discount, there were sometimes we sold it full price, but that's a net zero for yeah, us. it's a net zero like, for us. Thank it's you. Zero. It's yeah. zero dollars. <laughs> So, but yet when it got returned, it was a negative reflection on our, our, our sales for that day, which is what affected payroll and, you know, all the operational stuff there. So, you know, not getting too deep into it to your point from a business perspective, I can understand the need to do this. And I think what it ultimately comes down to of 
Bob Chappick is very much a business oriented guy where other CEOs were willing to take a risk with some money, even if it meant spending a little bit more to bring that experience. Bob Chappick is not that guy. Well, and this is kind of transitioning now into our next little point here. This is what frustrates me about the report that comes out today. That is, you know, Disney stores expanding in target. Oh, I don't even get And so I'm that. like, so wait a minute. <laughs> so wait a minute here. It's too expensive to have your own stores and to give guests a out of out of this world experience. I mean, you can talk to thousands upon thousands of people about a Disney store experience that they had that touched them. But yet you're okay slamming them in a Target where nobody's going to watch them because I've been in a Disney store Target and it is a hot mess. The product is all over the place and disorganized because, of course, nobody's watching it. No white glove standards. There's no white glove standard, which is it's one of those things that you don't real as, as you're walking around a Disney store. You don't realize that that standard is there until you go to a Disney store in a Target. and You go or oh, or, or any Disney collection. J.C. Penney had the uh, had the Disney collection in a lot of their stores. And while it wasn't the Disney store, it was the same merchandise. One step lower quality slap was the Disney collection. I I. I would love to check that stuff out, but then I would go and my heart would ache because again, that white glove standard, you pride yourself in that as a Disney cast member. And if you're a Disney fan, you know exactly what it is and you know when you don't see it, whether it's the way the, 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 the Mickey's sit specifically straight up in on the shelf versus just being thrown on a shelf, right? Um, uh, the way you size particular dresses or t-shirts on hangers and you go smallest to largest, but you always find the middle size or what we used to call the five six and you put that in front so it hangs so you don't see the tear the waterfall those are little things dusting with the swiffer on slower days so there was no dust ever there was never dust in a disney store ever because it got dusted every night like those are little things that you take for granted that these cast members do that we did as cast that's the operational stuff but the other part that you miss now is you miss those magical moments. They will not be there. Whether it's singing happy or giving somebody a happy birthday button when they came into the store, giving them an unbirthday hat or a certificate as a special guest, or in our store, we would take some of the pixie dust and throw it up and wish somebody a happy birthday or the opening ceremony, whether it's with the book or with the key. These are things that your kids will never get to experience, Matt. Yeah, and, and that that's what upsets me. And and what it gets me again about the Target thing is, fine, if you say, listen, we need to go online, that's the future. And you cut all, you know, you know Disney store type things and said, we're done, we're just moving shop Disney. Fine, I, I get it. But to say, you know what, we can't support Disney stores because it's all online retail. And then to be like, but we're going to expand our partnership with Target so you can buy the same product inside of Target. I'm like, so wait a minute. So you're you're literally just saying, and this is again, we're going to go back to this with JPEG, where it is the business side of that is we can put our product in a store and we don't have to pay anything besides just like, Probably, you know, there's there's some agreement that we can have our have the stuff in there, but he's missing the that extra, which is what Disney is famous for. Exactly. That's it. That is exactly it. Is And I'm going to say it. And and sometimes there are things more important than money. I Disney recognized that for years. Don't get me wrong. And we have said this on this podcast over and over again. Disney is a profit making organization. And there are going to be things that we're going to talk about that I do that I, I don't, I'm not angry about here in just a couple of minutes, but there are certain things that are more important than money and that have developed that loyalty base over the decades that Disney's been around. I think about all of the hard work that not only past CEOs, but past presidents, past chairmen, um, um, Lee Cockrell, uh, who was the chairman of the Walt Disney World Resort in the 90s. He's the reason why we have the, the, the we have this mindset of a Disney cast member is basically perfection. He's the one who kind of created that in the 90s. He's the one who created those white glove standards uh, um, early 90s, 2000s. He was in he <laughs> he was literally in charge of the Walt Disney World Resort on 9-11. He's the one who handled that that whole process he's got to be just devastated with what this company 
has turned into in the last 18 months. And in, in, in the Disney store, we're hitting really hard right now because it affects us. We've got some other stuff we're going to talk about. But Bob Chapek, in my opinion, and you can tell me if you disagree, Bob Chapek has basically taken this role. He has dollar signs in his eyes right now, and that's all he's focused on. And that is why I think a lot of Disney fans, and I think we're giving some voice to it right now, a lot of Disney fans are feeling abandoned by a company that they have stood by for decades. Yeah. And it, in I'm going to come to a small defense here because let What's me time? say I'm in agreement with you. The small defense is we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Agreed. Like Bob Chapek is yes, the CEO, but he answers to a bunch of people and you have, and we have no idea what those people are feeding into him because those people might be saying, listen, you need to make us some money. And, and he, so he looking at it going, all right, how do I make money? Um, but, but I'm in agreement with you that it just, it, it feels like it's, the almighty dollar is in charge. And that's not to say that that hasn't been the case for the Walt Disney company. Like clearly, you know, ticket prices have kept going up and this has kept going up and this has happened, but it never felt, and it it never felt that black and white. And it always came with something that was like, okay, but we've still got, you know, these things and this is happening. And it, it just feels like with every decision, it's like, oh, Oh, well, yeah, it, it, I think before when these things would come down, it still felt relationship driven. It still felt like we were in a relationship with Disney. We didn't always agree with what they did, but it was enough that we were like, Hey, you know what? Yeah, they're doing this over here, but we love what they're doing over here. They're giving us their, okay, we had to give this up. This last 18 months for me has felt very transactional has felt very like, I think the way you put it black and white. And again, I'll give. Chapik a little bit of of rope here enough to hang himself probably but he has had to navigate a pandemic in the last 18 months which i can't imagine no no i mean he (laughs) literally has been in crisis control that said the changes that are coming some of these things that have gotten announced over the lord last last even just 90 days they they're not part of the pandemic they're forward thinking and they are literally punches to the gut of the people who have stood by this company and if you've listened to this podcast for any period of time you know how much how pragmatic matt and i are on this and how much we've probably defended more than we should have some of the choices that they've made because we understand the business perspective but Dang, it just feels like this last 90 days, they've been coming fast and hard. Well, and I think what Dang. I think what you're pointing out is how fast and hard we if we are starting to feel like, you know, man, this is this is yeah. getting to be a little much. If we're feeling that way, I, you know, and I would say like you said, we're more on the like Disney business side than a lot of Disney fans. And so if we're feeling that I can't imagine where your quote unquote, like normal Disney fan is. So, so I I think we should transition into now all the park changes. And there's a big one that we did our breaking news episode on that. Well, before, uh, yeah, before we get there, let's get into some of the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. So even though I have this on the, on the bottom of the list, it really should probably be the one that, that happens before this, this next one. Um, Because really the start of this, kind of came as kind of an underlying announcement last year. Um, I, I want to say it was probably late last year, December, maybe January. I don't know. But but this idea that beginning, um, I think we're there now. Um, but basically, it used to be when you would book a trip with the Walt Disney World Resort and you were staying on property, you got a magic band. You know, they rolled out these magic bands with FastPass Plus back when FastPass Plus rolled out in 2014 or 15, whenever that yeah. was. Well, they made an announcement way back when, back probably late 2020, the magic band was no longer going to be part of a complementary part of the process. Now, normally this, this didn't seem like as big of a deal back then, but I will tell you, in the seven years that they had the magic band, it became part of the vacation getting the magic band in the mail. Yeah. And it was three weeks out. You got the magic band in the mail, Mr. You know, Wooly family, um, you know, Wooly family, your trip's about to begin. You know, if you haven't done so already, of course you had already go online and start making reservations. Here's your magic bands. This is, you know, the key to the kingdom, all that stuff. Again, it's only been the last seven years. 
But this is one of those things where they gave it to us and then they take it away. And they say it, you can still use it, but you got to buy it now. It's a $25 investment per person that you can go online to shop Disney and buy or buy all around the parks. It was an additional purchase, right? Right around that same time, they also rolled out that parking at the resorts was no longer going to be free. You had to pay a parking charge, even if you were staying on property, right? So these two things roll out and, you know, the parking thing, you kind of can't get around unless you're not taking a car, right? And, you know, if you're going oh, magical express, we can still do that, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, in the magic band thing, okay, we'll just use our phones or we'll get a card. We'll get a plastic Or you card. can use your existing magic bands. Like, <laughs> until, that's the until the battery like, dies. If you had yeah. magic bands, you just like, so those two didn't, didn't never seem like a big deal to me because a, I, I rarely ever have a car when I'm down there. And, and also with my magic band, I'm like, okay, well I'll just use the free magic band that I've already gotten. This doesn't like, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not one of those people that like has to get all the character magic bands and all that jazz. Whatever. But of course, but of course it is important to call out that the magic band was just convenient. You could add a credit card to it. You could wear it in the pool. You don't have to worry about your wallet. You could just walk around with your magic band. And you know, you and I've talked about on this podcast before that, you know, Disney, if you're going to take something away, feel like you're giving us something as well. Even if it's something stupid or something silly, you know, us. make it Trick feel, us make us feel your decision. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that, that happens early this year, late last year. Then right around springtime, early spring, they make this announcement. Our contract with Magical Express is up. It will no longer be complimentary as of January 1st, 2022. That set the Disney universe on fire. Oh, and and we talked about it on the pod a while when it first dropped and we were baffled by it. Again, this is another, like, we're just totally baffled. Now, again, my only defense to this one is, is the same defense. Disney, I think, clearly has some kind of plan up their sleeve to get guests from the airport. To, do they? I think they do. Uh, th- maybe that is a false opinion. You think it would have rolled out by now. You would think. <laughs> you would think. I mean, I know they're probably relying on this this high-speed rail thing, but apparently there's some stuff caught up. There's some kinks in that right now, too. Yeah, I think I, I don't I don't think it's going to roll out as smoothly as they would like it or as it should, but I do think that Disney is saying, all right, we're going to get something. I don't know when that's coming. This is all just an opinion based on, on honestly, well, on really nothing. They did they did roll out a um, a service just recently or that will be rolled out that you can have, I think up to four or six people. I think it's a service in consultation with Uber or Lyft. I can't remember who it is that you can go to and from the airport, but I think it's like six people, but it's a $200 charge round trip. Like, Holy smokes. That's yeah, insane. That's, like, no, but that's what I'm talking about. This is that transactional nature of Bob Chapik again. Like it, it's, it's like all of the creativeness it, it's become okay. What's the how can we how can we operationally make this happen for the cheapest weight or for the for the least expensive way for us, no matter how much it costs the guests? Mm-hmm. You know and, what I mean. And that is, and you know, we'll keep talking about this. That is a risky, risky game to play with your guests mm-hmm. because I, I I will say this now, and I will continue to say it for the back half of this podcast. If you are that upset about any of this stuff, the best thing you can do Don't is stop going. Yep. Don't go to the park. Don't do not do it. Because this is what happens is the Disney community gets all up in arms and I see all the social media accounts they follow. They all get so upset. And then three weeks later, it's, hey, here I am at the parks. Woohoo. Yeah. All right. And it's like, so, but the magic's gone. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's like, so wait a minute. What is the incentive? If I'm the CEO of Disney and I have jacked ticket prices to $5,000 a ticket and everyone's still going, what's my incentive to not do that? Yeah. Well, and I think, I think there's a difference between some of the changes they've made for monetary purposes and then some of the changes they've made from a logistical perspective. And I've argued this on the pod before that, that, you know, there, you know, we talked about the, the um, holiday um, holiday event pricing, right? 
I think that was made in a way to control some of the the attendance in the park. I think when they jack ticket prices up, th- that's a, jacking ticket pr- prices up. That to me makes sense. I don't like it, but I understand it. I understand why they have Magic Kingdom priced at one hundred and forty dollars a day or whatever it is on peak days. I understand it because the same people who are complaining about the ticket prices being high are the same people complaining that the crowd levels are too high. You can't have both. You cannot have ticket prices at $50 a day and have crowd levels manageable. It's just there, there are two, those two things are fundamentally diametrically opposed, right? The things that we're talking about here in my mind are not necessarily things meant to control crowds. In a lot of ways, these are money grabs. Yeah, the, and, th- and that's that's the what I'm feeling. It's just yeah. that, and I think that's why the the collective Disney universe has just gone. What in the world are you doing to Disney? They are collective money grabs, or 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 the value for what you once paid is being stripped away, as in the case of the Magical Express, right? Yeah, well, because that was that was the big preach that I always gave for staying on property. Look how much money you'll save yep. with from renting a car and parking yep. and all yep. this other stuff, and it's just not there anymore. And that's, it, it's, it, it, I'm going to say this again, trick me, Disney, trick me into thinking that I'm getting a good value, because yep. that that's what, it's, it's like, okay, so there's no more Disney Magical Express, I don't get Magic Bands, there's no more Disney stores now for me to go and get a little bit of Disney magic. So, oh, it just it, you 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 feel defeated, not like, oh, OK, well, you know what? That's a nice change. And I get why they made that change. But, you know, I, I, there's still some great things. And it, it's well, then that yeah. that extends into our next point, which was one of the things that Disney has always had going for it is that unlike other entertainment venues, no matter what hotel you chose to stay at on property. You got the same perks, really. You got the same perks. You got the same experience. Yeah, the resorts were different, but you weren't treated like, okay, I'm in a value resort. I I feel like a value guest versus I'm in a deluxe resort. I feel like a VIP. You didn't really get that. When you went to the parks, you were treated the same way. What I'm specifically referring to are those extra magic hours. The extra magic hours, which were random, they would happen in the morning, they would happen at night, but everyone who stayed on property or the Dolphin or Swan or the surrounding area hotels on Disney property, everybody got them. So if Epcot had an hour in the morning, no matter which hotel you were in, if you wanted to go to Epcot in the morning for an hour, you were able to get in before the regular lay people uh, who, who weren't staying on property. Or if you wanted to stay an hour later, you were able to do so if you were on property. At one point, those extra magic hours weren't just an hour. Sometimes they were two hours. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I remember a time during peak season, the, the Magic Kingdom would close at nine, but extra magic hours would go till 11 and you could stay there till 11. And that was a time for you to be able to get additional uh, additional ride time and experience a, a lower capacity park. Now, since COVID... But before COVID, they kind of cut some of that, but it was still for everybody. Then when COVID came around, extra magic hours went away, which I get. They had to sanitize and clean the park. Yeah, They're bringing them back, but they're not bringing them back for everybody. But you don't think this is a crowd control thing? I No, there's no reason to. Because why, why would there be a crowd control thing? There's less. The majority of the people at Walt Disney World are not people who stay on property. They're people who are off property. So for that reason, anybody who's on property is going to be able to get into any, you know, specific parks a half an hour early. They've announced that. But only deluxe resort guests are going to be able to stay after hours on select nights. Only deluxe. Yeah, I... Hmm. This one's tough for me because, well, okay, let me start here. Um, I think that Disney is doing what I, what I don't like about Disney's response in a lot of this is they say, well, we're just doing what's in line with the rest of the entertainment industry. And essentially what they're saying is look at universal. That's what they're doing. This is not out of the ordinary. But what I hate about that response is that it's like, yeah, but you're not everybody else. You're Disney. Mm -hmm. And so I I don't like that, you know, oh, well, this is just the standard that's happening. It's like, yes, be above the standard. (laughs) Like set a new (laughs) pathway. You're Disney. I'm average like everybody else. Yeah. (laughs) But the tough one for this to me is that 
I don't necessarily mind the pay a premium and get more. Like, I, I get that the reason it's upsetting is because it didn't used to be that way that Disney started with offering it for free for everybody and now have decided to go to this paid thing. But... Like, but, but it's, Disney but it's has not, this all around the park. Like, but you it's can not. Pay it's not just that. Other though. stuff. It's not just pay a premium, you get more. And if you don't pay a premium, you don't get. In this case, it's pay more, get a premium, or pay more and don't get a premium because the prices are going up regardless. That that's the problem. Is it's not like the people who aren't paying this premium are suddenly paying less money. They're paying more money than they ever have before. Prices are through the roof for some. Matt, you can. <laughs> You can stay at what would be the equivalent of a deluxe level Walt Disney World Resort on Universal property for low, moderate level pricing. You can stay at a moderate level resort on Universal property for what you would pay for a value resort at All Stars. I looked at All Star pricing the other day. It came up. All Star Sports. All Star Sports. $300 a night. Yeah, I think right now because it's well, insane. It, it it is, and right now part of it is that Disney is in high demand. I mean, it, th- this it's the fiftieth. It's coming off the pandemic. People are getting vaccinated. They're feeling more comfortable going out, and so it, it, it some of this is some economics that are going into this where it's supply and demand. This is what's going to happen. I'm with you though. I mean, it's, it's, do you think we're at a point? Do you think we're at a point though? And and this has been something that's been thrown at Disney for, for years, but I'm wondering if we are finally crossing that threshold. Are we at a point that Disney has at this point priced out the middle-class? I don't remember a time where the Disney fandom has been this upset about something. Like I, I've, I've witnessed a lot of Disney changes and usually what happens, there's some noise for a couple days and then it calms down and this does not seem to be going away. And it's, it's a lot of, it's, it's, again, it's not any one particular topic. It's this collection. We're going to get to the big one here in a minute, which is the announcement of Disney genie plus, but I I agree with you. Did you see the article? Um, the, the, the Merry Christmas thing. There are slots open where normally it would have sold out by now for various nights. No one's buying it. Like it's very few and far between. No one's buying it. And I think, I think that that's, I mean, I think they're going to see that. And I think it, and here's the thing. Here's what I, here's my, what I bet will happen. I'll bet for the 50th people will pony up. I don't know. I'm going to let you get to your thought in a second, but I just saw some stuff, some scatter, some scuttlebutt on a Facebook group today. People are canceling their reservations left and right for October 1st right now. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I I think I I wonder if like people will say, okay, listen, pandemic is ending. Yippee. I'm going to throw as much money as I possibly can because I have been cooped up in my house and I'm going to do it. But then after that, I'll bet there's a lot of people that are taking yearly vacations to Disney that go, you know what? We're just going to go somewhere else. And yeah. and even to the point of, you know, I've been watching a lot of what Universal has been putting out. Universal has been putting out some good stuff. And like they got they're some right. big, They've got some big stuff coming right now, too. They've got Epic Universe coming, mm-hmm. which will have the Mario Universe. Have you seen the oh. the videos of Mario over in Japan? It's it's insane it's how good it looks. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. And yep. so... And you said the pricing, you know, with Universal is 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 lower and more affordable. And so I, I think Disney's going to start to feel it here pretty soon. And I'm curious, you know, it, you know, I've talked about the ebb and flow where, you know, the the 90s were this high, high, high 2000s hit mid 2000s hit low, low, low. Yeah, we've now hit this high, high, high. And this is not sustainable. With, yeah. you know, you know, Frozen hit it with, you know, Tangled and and and, and kind of, yep, you know, set yep. in the stage and then Frozen hit. And it's just been hit after hit after hit. And I'm curious if we're going to start to see that downturn again. And I well, think Disney's going to have to backtrack some stuff. To, to that point, too, Disney's getting a lot of bad press about how they're handling the Scarlett Johansson um, trial right now that this lawsuit, they wanted to take it into a, um, into a, a, a mediation versus actually, um, doing it, at, uh, publicly. They're getting a lot of bad press there. They're, they're facing a lot of scrutiny right now around these changes. I think this is probably the best time to transition to the big one though. The one that literally has 
the world up in arms right now. Can I can I start this by <laughs> yeah. saying I freaking love the theming of Disney Genie. <laughs> Dang it. It's if a great idea. One thing that I absolutely love, Disney Genie, yes. Oh, I don't know who greenlit that. A plus gold star, you get a promotion. I love it. I now, love it. And that said, let's be very clear here. There are three aspects to this that we're going to address today. There's Disney Genie, there's Disney Genie Plus, and then there's this idea of buying a fast pass separately. Let's first just Disney Genie on its own. Love it. Like oh, thumbs it's up. It's it's awesome. Everyone's gonna get it. This idea of augmented reality, this idea of you can plug in exactly what you want to do, and it spits out the idea of how you can do it. And in real time, if the lines go down, it gives you an alert saying, hey, you can make this thing that you wanted to do at 2 o'clock today happen at noon. Go do it. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. And to me, like I said on the the, the breaking news podcast last week, it's, it, it's like the Netflix recommended for you or Disney Plus recommended for you on steroids for everything you want in your Disney vacation. I'm hoping that it's live when I go in November. Like I, I am looking forward to using this thing. I, I am too. Like I just, the, the idea behind it, the theming of it, all that stuff. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And the fact again, that this is a free thing yes. that everyone can use. And, and I think this is, this, this is like, I saw this and I went, yes, this is the excitement that you want to build for now, I know they got lambasted for the for the plus version, but also to me, this was a good. Um, this was a good like setup of like yes. everybody's getting this. Yes, this this was a this was one of those things we talked about where hey, we're going to give you a little bit of something. It's not going to cost you anything extra. Here's what I will say though. Back to Bob Chapek, he had nothing to do with it. He, he he was not CEO. I mean, he was chairman of Parks and Resorts, so I'm sure he was in on those meetings. This is being under this is being rolled out under his stewardship, but he's not the one who greenlit this. Iger was. This is again one of those things that's a huge idea, but I doubt Bob Chapek had a lot to do with it in his role. I'm sure he probably saw it come across his desk. Josh Demaro, I think, had a lot to do with it. Josh Demaro, he's one of the ones that we need to be watching. Josh Demaro, who because I really think that when Chapek goes, and make no mistake, Chapek will not be around in five years. I do not believe. I don't think so either. I think Josh Demaro could very much take that spot. I'm very much agreeing with you because that's another like social media thing. People love him. Yes. And he's out there with the people. He's actually out in the parks and people recognize him as a celebrity. Bob Chapek, no one knew him. No, he wasn't out there in the parks doing videos. Remember the video with Josh tomorrow during the shutdown with Hollywood studios where he turned the music on and yeah. he was just like, he didn't have to do that, but he did that to bring some magic to, 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 to those outside of Disney. Anyway, got off track. Um, so that's Disney genie, Disney genie. I think you and I are both in agreement. Thumbs up. I think most of the Disney community is saying, okay, pretty cool. Yeah. But now we get to what has been a staple of Walt Disney World in Disneyland for decades, uh, two decades probably, the idea to be able to skip the queue in various ways, whether it's Legacy Fast Pass, Max Pass, Fast Pass, something that was always complimentary has now been turned into a profit-making enterprise. Where are you at on this? I'm not mad at this at all. Okay, so uh, so we're on Disney Genie Plus. Just Correct. commenting Disney Genie Plus. Yes. So, um, fifteen dollars per ticket per day per person per person. So if you got a family of four, you're paying an extra sixty dollars a day. Yeah. So for let's say it's a four day trip, two hundred forty dollars extra for the trip. Two hundred forty dollars extra. To me, that's really not like yep. a ton. Yeah. And that's assuming you do it for every day. Yep. Maybe you don't, you don't do it have for one to. Day. Yeah, you don't it's have only to. one. If it's only one park you want to do it in. You can do it. It's an extra transaction. And Disneyland's been doing this with Max Pass for years. This is not uh, new. Not years. Maybe 
one or two years. It's not one or two. Be, like, but yeah. but still, like this is not like a where did this come from? Like, di- di- like Disneyland's been doing this, and other theme parks have been doing this as well. Universal has their version of this. Now uh, there's some differences to it, but it's like sixty five dollars per person. Yeah, but no, th- there's a huge difference with Universals. Universals, first of all, you get it for free if you're in, if you're in deluxe resort. But if you do pay for it, you're like $65 a day. But there's two different versions. There's the basic one and there's the deluxe one. The basic one is you can get on any ride you want one time throughout the day. As many, you know, so if if let's say there's eight rides you want to ride, you can go on those eight rides. You get basically bumped to the front of the line, but you can only do it once. After that, you got to go and do the regular queue. Then there's like the deluxe one, which I think is like over $100 a a day. That one you can ride as many times as you want, get to the front of the line whenever you want. That's a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. This one, however, this is not that. This is basically the legacy fast pass system in digital form. So if you listened to my breaking news when I brought this up, you get to Magic Kingdom, let's say nine o'clock. You know you want to ride the Haunted Mansion. You know that you want to ride Splash Mountain and, you know, there's just like those are the two big ones. Maybe you want to do Peter Pan's flight. So you, you get to the park 9 a.m. You look at your you've paid for this. You look and see, oh, Haunted Mansion, 930 a.m. I can get over there right now. I don't have to wait in queue. I can head over there, get that and get right in. Get scan my, my, my magic band or my phone or whatever. As soon as I scan while I'm waiting and kind of walking through, I can set up my next one. Oh, I see that 1130 Splash Mountain is available. I'll go ahead and schedule that. Ride my Haunted Mansion. I've got an hour and a half to kill. Maybe I go do standby queue somewhere else, check out the shops, get a turkey leg or whatever. I don't know, 1030 in the morning. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then at 11 o'clock, I go and ride Splash Mountain. I get through the queue. I now say, okay, I want to ride Peter Pan's flight. The next one's not available till three. So I choose three o'clock, right? Ooh, is my battery going to die? Uh-oh. Hold on a second. Yes, it is. Uh, hold on one second. I'm going to pause. <laughs> So, okay, so Peter Pan's flight, 3 o'clock. So now I've got, you know, four hours to kill. I can get lunch, the turkey leg maybe. Um, <laughs> um, but now I've got to wait till 3 o'clock. That'll be my third fast pass. So maybe I go do some, you know, standby queues elsewhere. 3 o'clock comes around. I've got my Peter Pan's flight. Now I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe there's a Space Mountain one floating out there. No, there's not. Maybe there's, um, you know, Winnie the Pooh floating out there. Oh, yeah, there's Winnie the Pooh, but it's 7 o'clock. All right, might as well just do that. So you start to kind of narrow down as the day goes along. What you don't want to do is choose a Fast Pass for way later in the day because you can't choose anything in between. You're basically waylaid from the time you choose it to what you pick. You can't choose anything else, so now you've got standby. So my guess is that the average person will probably be able to get, if they play it right, between five and six fast passes during the day. The thing that I do like about it is that you can park hop with it. So if you've got a park hopper and you start in the Magic Kingdom and you want to take a look and see, oh, yeah, I was able to get Toy Story uh, Slinky Dog Dash for five o'clock. Let's park hop over to Hollywood Studios. Boom, you can park hop over there and take care of that. I do like that element of it. And then I also like, and then I'll let you kind of chime in here. I also like that you, again, don't have to do it for every day. Unlike the dining plan where you're stuck for the whole five days, here's a, it's a transactional thing, right? Um, And I like that because it is being paid for, I think that it will go faster. And I also think that the standby lines will go faster because of it. Yes, I'm I'm interested. I've seen a lot of people on social media who are doing research on this of do do less fast passes make standby lines go faster. And that's I think the idea that intrigues me of this is mm-hmm. okay, cuz we've all been in a line on both ends of it. I've yes. been in standby lines where I get there at the wrong time and there's just fast pass people that are fast pass people and the standby line just not moving. Yes. But I've also had it where I've been in the standby line and no one's where coming. You're like, this, what, 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 what? I'm going ahead of you. Moving and moving and moving. But no, like not, I'm saying like. Oh, I, you're I talking, you're in standby and you're moving yeah. really fast. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. you get really fast because no one from fast pass is redeeming. But you've also um, been in a line when you've been the fast pass person yes. and you're walking by the standby people. You're like, what, what? I'm yes. VIP, <laughs> you know? Yes. But um, you've been on the receiving of that where you're looking at them and, oh, yeah. God. So and, I, you know. I, I do think that this may help subside some of that. And I don't think it necessarily – I I don't think it necessarily changes 
much of my behavior in the park. Like, I'm already checking wait times all the time anyway, so ch checking for fast pass times is not going to change that. And it's it's still, I'm still going to plan out my day of like, what attraction do I want to go to at rope drop to make sure that I don't need a fast pass and I don't yeah. have to wait long in it. I that, like the, yeah. I like the spontaneity of it too, that it's not, I don't have to plan it 60 days out. I, I like no that one, too. no one has to like yeah. everybody has equal chance to get an attraction the day of like, I love that. I think that being a, res but again, this goes back to being on property as a resort guest, you had that 60 day marker or as a non-resort guest, you didn't, you had a 30 day marker. But I think that in a lot of ways, this is the great equalizer and you show up and, and it, it's it, again, I, I feel like it's the legacy fast pass system, but digital. It's, oh, but the, the resort you know, guests get an advantage. This no, all, it no, all goes no. live at 7am from what I've seen. No, 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 no. The buy a fast pass goes live at 7am. Ah. Not this one, not the Disney Genie Plus. It's from what I read, unless I read it wrong. Um, Ultimately, listeners, uh, there's 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 so much confusion about what's this and what's that that we, I'm, like, I'm still trying to figure out exactly yeah. what's going on. So um, I, th that's my disclaimer to this episode. <laughs> so this is this kind of rings me as we transition to this final point. What I don't like about Disney Genie Plus is that it doesn't give you access to all the rides. I don't like that. I think, and I know and that this goes back to this is that money grab from Bob Chapek in my mind. You go to this idea that there are select rides in the parks, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train in Magic Kingdom, um, Rise of the Resistance uh, uh, in, in uh, Hollywood Studios. Um, I'm sure there's select ones that are going to be like that over in Epcot. I don't know which ones, you know, animal kingdom flight of passage I'm, will probably yeah, be sure one of these. Of passage. So, so there are going to be these select rides. These have they announced those rides? Uh, okay. they, they have announced rise of the resistance. Yes. I, well, and, 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 and seven drawers. I think like, were two that they threw. Yeah. Out. Like I, I saw those were two that they said, but I wondered yes. if there was a list out there. Yeah. So, sorry, please continue. But, so what this is, is you could still spend the $60 for a family of four per day but you're not going to be able to get a fast pass for one of these rides. That's these hot fan favorites. So your choice is either wait in the line or choose to spend an individual amount of money to go on that ride at a specific time. This goes to something and I'm going to give you the floor on this because you brought this up when we talked about this back in, in June that you never liked the virtual queue idea of Rise of the Resistance or, or Spider-Man or those rides that you wanted to be able to know if I'm going, I can get on this ride. This does guarantee you that ability, uh, somewhat guarantees if you get it, if you play it right. You basically can pay the, the 15 or 20 or 25 or $40 or whatever they're going to charge to do this on select days. Uh, you know, it's going to be more on other days, it'll be less and it will guarantee you a spot. So I, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on that? It's very, I'm going to do a cop-out answer here, Casey. Oh it's very situational. Okay. My first time that I go down to experience Galaxy's Edge, you better bet I am paying money to get on Rise of the Resistance because I want to experience that ride. After that, I'm probably not. Okay. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, so, like, if it is a brand new ride that I am Oh, I, I, I want to go on it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But like something like Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, I'm not paying for that one. Yeah. Like, okay, fine. I didn't get the virtual queue. Oh, well, I'll catch it next time. I guess what I like about this is that you don't have to buy Genie Plus to do this. And you don't have to buy this to get Genie Plus. That, to your point, it's situational that if you got a member of your party, if you're going down with, let's say eight people and one person is star Wars die hard, they can buy it for themselves as a, just kind of a special treat, if, if you will, and they can break off from their family. It, I think I'm so programmed. And a lot of the Disney community is so programmed with upcharges like, um, like the, the, the dining plan, which is kind of a all or nothing. You buy into it or you don't buy into it. And it covers all five days. And it's, this is very much, transactional so and we talked about that word before this is a transactional thing that disney is offering you to be able to buy into 
what you want your experience to be for the for the trip. I I understand the frustration of it, but I but I also don't think again I also don't think it changes much of my Disney vacation because sure. okay if I don't want to pay for let's use Seven Dwarves Mine Train, which I will never pay for a fast pass. Just I don't even ride that ride because I'm, it's just not a fun ride. I'm just not gonna do it. But let's say <laughs> not I gonna want, do it. <laughs> let's say that I wanted to do that. So I know that, hey, I'm not going to pay for that. So I'm going to get there at rope drop and go right to the standby line, do that first. Done. And again, it, standby lines might very well shorten up now because Who they're knows? moving more people through. I think that is the great question right now, which is what will How happen? many people are going to do this? How yeah. many people are going to purchase the fast passes and what pricing is it going to be? It, it, I, it, it's fascinating. I, I don't know. The whole I, I get the upsetness and I am upset that that, you know, I can no longer get free fast passes. But the fact that I can get fifteen dollars, pay fifteen dollars and get what you mean, you said probably let's even be a little bit conservative and say four fast passes a day. Sure. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling seven, you right now, when I go down in November, I'm doing this for all three days that I'm in the parks. Yeah. I'm doing this for Thursday. I'm doing this for Friday. I'm doing this for Monday. I'm going to pay the extra 45 bucks well, and, especially and I'm going to do it. Person, it's yeah, 45 it's bucks. totally worth it. The 15 dude, I will spend that on a turkey leg. Yeah. So, you know, like it, it, to me, it is totally worth it to know that I can get into more attraction, especially for somebody who knows the parks as well as I do. And I know there's certain things that I want to hit. And again, I can wake up in the morning, get to the park and go, boop, all right, going to go to that, boop, going to go to that. And I think I think in a lot of ways this this adds some of the spontaneity back in that the fast passes I think prior maybe took away, yeah. you know, having now, to plan them out. I will say here's how I think that Disney should have rolled this out. Um, because one of the things that I'm very aware of is, hey, you know what? If we are being charged more, I want to see what my money's going towards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if in the next five years or 10 years, all of a sudden we're getting brand new lands, a different theme park, a this, a that, okay, my money's clearly going to something. But what I think they should have rolled this out with is here is Disney Genie Plus, here's how much we will be charging, Oh, by the way, we are raising all of the wages of all of our cast members to $15 an hour. <laughs> you're funny. But, I'm sorry. I don't me, mean to be cynical, but you're funny. But to me, what that would have said is we understand that we are charging you for more stuff. And here's what it's going to. That would have been. Well, it, well they, they, they tell you what it's going to every quarter in the quarterly report. It's going to the I, shareholders. I'm 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 I clearly I'm sorry I, to be I, cynical about I, it. But I know I just, that, and I, I'm not trying to like be necessarily sincere about this. Of like, but I, I'm saying like that. I I that is my pie in the sky dream utopia of what yeah, the Disney no, company but, yeah, could have I done know. with this, and uh, it just I, I don't know because I, I think that's why it's it's upset. It's okay, so I'm paying more, so you all can just make more money. That, that's not why I want to do this. I feel like the tipping point is coming. I feel if it's not here already. I, I think, I mean, last week, Walt Disney World recorded its lightest week on record since reopening. Oh, it, um, I, I've got friends down there that posted like 20-minute waits for flight yeah. of passage. That's so, unheard of. Now, now, again, you can chalk that up to a pandemic which is happening and florida is florida florida is the is the is the only the third state in the country to cross the three million cases of covid as of yesterday in fact i think I, I just heard a stat that if you took florida georgia and like there's two other southern states down there and you combine them they account for 40 percent of all the covid cases in the country right now florida is the hot spot of not only the country but the world of the delta variant so I have no doubt in my mind that that is keeping a lot of people away. I think, obviously, and you said this before, I think the 50th anniversary is going to be bigger. I don't think it's going to be as big as it could have been, um, again, because of COVID. But I also believe that the 50th anniversary is not going to be as big because, as you said earlier in the show, the outrage that Disney fandom is feeling right now 
I've never seen it to this boiling point before. Well, and, at, and at some point, COVID is no longer an excuse. It is not. And it is not. and it's getting to that point, honestly. Like, I get it. Cases are high in Florida. I get it. I get it. I get it. it clearly, there are not as many people that are wanting to be down in the park. And clearly, there's not as I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I've been digesting this now for a week or so. And I'm feeling, like you said, that the tipping point is close or we have tipped. And I don't know. It, it'll be it'll be interesting. And it goes back to the central question that I asked you a little while ago. Has Disney priced out the middle class? Because that's the thing that I keep hearing on the message boards that I read, the, the Facebooks that I read, the comments that I read, is they've priced out the middle class. Have they gotten there? And if they've gotten there, was that what they wanted to do? I, you know, I think time will tell, but I think that we are literally in some uncharted territory that we've never been in before. And, and I stand by my comment that I made earlier. I don't believe Chapek will be CEO of the Walt Disney Company five years from now. I think that he has navigated the company through some troubled water. He lacks the creative, inspirational vision of a Walt Disney or a Michael Eisner or of, of, of a Bob Iger. I think that the Imagineering is going to suffer under him. I think that we're going to be entering a period where films may not be as creative under him. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I, I, I just, I, I, I feel like he's the new principle that we got that nobody likes, but they're all, yes, sir. Yes, sir. They're afraid of them. I, I just, I, 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 I hope that he doesn't last as long as Iger did. I, I, I think I he's really... vanilla ice cream. Like it's fine, but yeah, but like off brand vanilla ice cream, like, <laughs> like, like it's not Briar's vanilla ice cream. It's like Kroger vanilla <laughs> ice cream. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's like when you read the box, it's not even vanilla ice cream. It's vanilla dairy dessert artificially flavored <laughs> you know what i'm saying like the, that's kind of where i'm at with it like it's not it's not like the the you know the the ed's vanilla ice cream made with real vanilla extract it's 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 the kroger brand or or, or even worse it's the it's it's the dollar store brand. it's, it's the dollar store brand because <laughs> you know everything about is everything about money with him right oh now. my goodness so I just, uh, I don't yeah. know. You know, and yeah. so it, it, it's uh, going to be it's going to be interesting. I, I think this is a very fascinating time to 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 look at this from a business side, and it's going to be interesting. Um, I anything, think it's an, anything else before we wrap up here? Yeah, I know we're way over the hour mark at this point. <laughs> I just, I think you know, in our talk about this, I think it's important to re-acknowledge or, or acknowledge if we didn't at the beginning the, the people factor here that a lot of this is affecting real people, people that you and I know, people that you and I are friends with, people that you and I have have shared drinks with and shared meals with and had and have been in each other's lives for a very long time. Um, things like the Disney store closing, things like cast members down in the resorts who haven't gotten their jobs back because they were laid off. Um, photography, you know, all these people that we know, these are the, they dedicated their lives to an idea because that's what Disney is, is an idea is that we can make it a more magical place for the world. And that idea has slowly and surely the light of that idea, at least from the organization has been snuffed out. And I think it's up to the people who've been part of that idea and part of that light to carry the light into other things that they do. You know what I mean? Like I, I try to be magical. We try to be magical on this podcast. And I think that, you know, this particular episode aside, we are pretty magical and we like I think we spread pixie dust pretty well on the Well on, and on even this pod. even in my job, you know, I'm I'm a director of entertainment and programming in an assisted living and memory care place. Okay, you know, I, I'm not selling Disney product or in a Disney mode, but you better bet that I'm bringing magic to those people. Yeah. Yep, 100%. So I think just what I'm trying to say here is those of you who are affected by this, our friends at Disney Store Woodfield 339, who by the time this episode air have maybe less than two weeks left, we love you. We're hugging you. We, we, we know that you're going to be able to carry that with you, whatever you decide to do. You don't, you know, and not just 339, 887, uh, 838, uh, all the stores, 57 stores. 
take what you've learned. When you work for the Walt Disney Company, it is, it's a privilege, but it's also you you are you are among the best out there. I mean, there are people already seeking these cast members out for jobs because they know the work ethic. Mm-hmm. And if you can get a cast member into your organization, you know you're going to get double, triple the effort of a normal employee out of them. Yeah. So that, that's all I got to say. I just yeah. I, I think the feeling that I have and I, and I had all day yesterday. And, and yesterday was a melancholy day for me. I don't know about you, but it was just, it felt, just felt a bummer of a day. I went through it with the other job and it just was a bummer of a day. Yeah. Um, and then you couple that with the anger that has been felt in the Disney verse the last couple of months. It's been an interesting time to be a Disney fan. Yeah. It, it's, it's, we'll definitely keep a close eye on it. So uh, we promise we'll be, we're going to have our most magical episode next episode. So yeah. Next get, episode's the mailbag episode. That's right. So, yes, please. We got to get some questions get some out questions there. Here. Although I bet you we're going to get some questions yeah. about this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we do. We got to get some questions out there. Get that out in the socials. Um, I guess it's closing time, Matt, huh? Yes, closing time. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, send us those questions. Beers and ears 1928 at G gmail.com twitter and instagram at beers ears 1928 and facebook beers and ears podcast join it up we got lots of new members we're growing a little bit here so welcome yeah. everyone yeah lots uh, of people joined after we kind of broke broke the news about the disney store closings yesterday we were one of the first i i had posted it up in some other facebook groups and it got shared like over a hundred times i gotta say so wow. we got some new members out of it so welcome yeah. um go back and listen to some of our content we've got you know well over 100 episodes probably over 125 episodes at this time there's so. a lot of hours of us talking out there. <laughs> i can't imagine that people enjoy listening to us talk but hey that that's all good so you know um, my my wonderful voice my smooth silky voice um yeah. hey speaking <laughs> of your smooth silky voice when does um discontinued and display start back up labor day week uh, we're starting Woo! with toys i believe i i don't think i've actually cleared this with chris but i'll throw it out there in the universe i think we're starting with furbies uh, oh, those things are creepy. You mean yeah, the you mean the, you mean the gremlin wannabes or the yeah, exactly, the, the, exactly. the mogwai the, the, the mogwai wannabes? I remember selling those things when I worked at a small little company in Michigan called Gags and Gifts. We sold them. Those things were creepy, especially yeah. when they start talking to each other. Oh yeah, they're scary. They're scary. So yeah, that's coming back Labor Day week. I believe it's September 9th. How many you guys have got Tamagotchis on the list? Um, oh, I don't. I, it's on the list. I don't, we haven't decided. We haven't. This is how oh. on top of things we are. We haven't like planned out the season. We have a big list. Of okay. Stuff, so Tamagotchis. I remember Tamagotchi. Okay. Of course, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff. You know. Yeah. Power okay. Raider. Yeah. We'll, we'll, no. we'll, 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 we'll throw it out there. So, um, uh, rate right. review. Uh, if you haven't yes. done that, rate review us on Apple Podcasts. So. See, Matt's right. trying to keep me on course because it's like 107 and, and yeah, ours. It's like <laughs> Casey, come on, stop rambling. All right, it's closing time. Let's raise our glass. This episode has been on us. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.